Welcome to the new club bag drop, untold stories in golf. Professor, top of the mid-morning to you. Oh, it's holiday season, feeling good, getting ready, getting the plans in place. Another great year for the Bulldogs. I'm, I'm in a good mood, ready to move into December and get this going. You look like you're in a good mood. Look dapper as ever, always sporting your Sweetens Cove. Uh, it's it's a pleasure to be with you. Sweater weather here. I'm on another road game back in uh, New Club HQ. It's the ground control center of Mark Caldwell, uh, graciously coming on the show today. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm on a road game and and starting to get comfortable in this new rig setup. Pretty pretty advanced shit. Like I said on our last episode, he, he, Mark it might be an alien species from a different planet because he's ergonomically you know set up and and everything is is. Uh, well advanced, more intelligent setup than I'm, than I'm accustomed. But uh, we're getting by, and I'm really excited for today's topic. We we got some of our our own coming on, new club members and and our club captains. Uh, two of the three current club captains coming on, uh, as well as co-founder of the club, Mark Caldwell, to talk about club leadership, something that you and I've kind of dabbled in. I think in the course of this show, uh, we've always kind of talked about the clubs that we love to go to, the clubs that inspired New Club Overseas, the the policies and procedures and things that really uh, add to a golf experience. And and so, so today we thought, what what better than to get some of that leadership representatives on the on the the call here, get them on the show and and, and get their thoughts and and have a discussion about it. So I'm yeah. pumped. I'm excited. This is gonna be fun. Yeah, I'm excited because I get the I get to push you and uh, Mark on sort of the purpose of captaincy and how you all envisioned it, and then we're gonna get to hear from them as well, and we'll see if those match up or not. That'll be uh, <laughs> that'll true. be fun for my role as sort of the 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 uh, outsider of this circle. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see how see how that goes. You you you've made your influence felt in the past, uh, so yeah, no, that that'll be fun. What uh, any educational material for us this morning? What's uh. What's Ohio known for? What are the things? Buckeyes. That, Buckeyes. Okay. What else? Just roll, run Jack through. Jack Nicholas. If you're saying like, what are they known for? Start rolling. LeBron through some James. Things. Okay. Keep uh, going. Ohio State football. Keep going. Uh, Longenberger baskets. Ooh. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else? You might be missing, uh, and you're missing a few of the most important. Mike Strantz, golf architect. Mike Strantz. Oh uh, yeah. I always, always <laughs> forget about that one. Uh, well, uh, I, I don't know. What am I missing? You're missing the most important stuff, right? Like, what else? What else is it like? What has Ohio contributed to the world? Uh, broadcasters, national broadcasters, more national broadcasters than anybody else. Um, is it is it a sport thing? Is it a golf thing? I'm I'm struggling. Not sport, here. not a- golf. Academia. I mean, it's, it's more maybe? important than the, um, no, not academia. More important than that. All right, come on. How about? We don't necessarily dominate land always, but we dominate air and space. Right? Ah, the Wright brothers. We got the Wright brothers. Aviation. Well, who Aviation. else? And then space. space. I mean, he's NASA. Oh, John Glenn. John Glenn. Who else? Uh, man, this is you really grilling me here. Um, I, I, I got nothing, Kevin. I'm, I'm tapped. <sighs> we're gonna we're gonna leave names for later. Um, let other people, listeners, try to come up with those. I'm gonna let you stew on that. I'm not gonna give. I'm gonna do my teacher role here and not give you the answer and just make you feel <laughs> uncomfortable the rest of the podcast. Um. No, no. Um, so fun fact of the day, we all love good conspiracy theories, right? I mean, just I, 
I mean, they're all bullshit, but they're fun, right? I love watching videos, flat earth stuff, yada, yada, yada. Sorry if you're flat earther out there, but there's just nothing legitimate about it. But it's so much fun to just watch the stuff, right? And see, I mean, honestly, see the psychology behind conspiracy theories too, right? It's one of those things, if you believe something, then you can just start identifying things that seem like it would make it true, right? That's what's behind the best conspiracy theories that they end up, you can talk yourself into believing it if you start by believing it. Um, but no, one of the biggest ones is uh, NASA and the moon landing, right? That's one of the famous ones. I think mean, we had a fellow teammate give a presentation one time on that being a faked you know, landing and all that. But there was actually something genuinely fake with the moon landing. Um, you know, so yes, Neil Armstrong's first steps in the lunar surface, those were true. Like those happened. Um, was it six iron he hit? Whatever it six was, hit it, yeah, hit it a good ways. You know, no gravity or not no gravity, but less gravity than, than on earth. Yeah. So, you know, famous golf shot was up there uh, that occurred on there. Um, but when they got back to the earth, You've probably seen at some point the famous shots of them going into quarantine and this whole huge quarantine protocol. That all was essentially fake. Like that was for show and spectacle. They went through quarantine, but in terms of like the quarantine protocols and like the importance of them and like, oh my gosh, they might unleash some species of alien whatever on the earth if we don't do these things. Yeah, like pretty much all of that was truly for show. Um, so there was actually, you know, in terms of the conspiracy theory of the the moon landing, there's some legitimacy that not everything was as the public was led to believe. And the one thing that wasn't was the uh, whole quarantine protocol and what they, they had to do. That, that was a little bit of a, a little bit of an entertainment thing, which is understandable given that, you know, the race to the moon was a, not only important for science, but there was a publicity political aspect to it, right? Of, hey, we're the United States, we're the greatest country in the world, and this is us flexing to do that. So they added a entertainment value to it by doing that. That's, uh, uh, yeah, send your conspiracies to Kevin at newclub.golf and and uh, let's dive into our favorites. That's I w- that's where my head went when I hear conspiracy. I always think of the moon landing and that that Fox series that aired back when we were in college. And we had a teammate that just for months relentlessly tried to, he wasn't happy until he persuaded every single one of us that we never touched the moon and we still haven't been there. I mean, it was, it was aggressive, probably hurt our golf games uh, and his, <laughs> but uh, no, good fun fact. So the, no, no quarantine. All right. Uh, shall we get to the show? Enjoy, invite our guests on here. Let's do this. I'm I'm excited. Let's do this. Talk about club life. Let's talk about uh, golf clubs. Here we go. Joshua Bilkey, Thomas McCartney, Mark Caldwell, welcome to The Backdrop. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Good to be here with each of you. Uh, Mark, longtime producer, longtime listener, uh, and and we haven't had Mark back on Kevin as, as often as we probably would like. I think last time we did was that we were talking about team golf and the benefits of of team versus individual uh, pursuit of the game. Well, Mark, this is another good one to have you back on for club leadership. So glad you're here. It's always exciting. And last time we were there, we were in Athens. We we're in Georgia. That's and that was right. a great in person podcast. Seeing Kevin in, in in the flesh. It's always always great to have, see him. The secret of podcasting. I'm in Mark's office. 
he's in Mark's living room. He's a, he's just beyond this door. So just if you're li- if you're watching, that's what's going on here. Um, Josh, first time guest on the Bag Drop podcast, our national captain Joshua Bilkey. He's in his first year. Thanks for having me. I'm a, it's an honor to be here and be invited, and uh, hopefully I can. And uh, speak to all the things that you're going to ask us and grill us on. So I <laughs> do my best. Those members of New Club that are listening, they probably are like, who's Josh Bilkey? Showtime, as he's been accustomed <laughs> for always showing up in the big moments. Uh, Showtime, Captain Showtime is my favorite nickname. What are your other nicknames, though? But you've, you've developed quite a number. <laughs> Through New Club or in general? Because I got them all over the place. In general, I no, I've heard I've heard new club members call you all kinds of different Put things me on too. The spot. Share share one, just share one. You call me the watcher, and we don't need to go into that um, <laughs> at this point. Uh, you know, I've been called crowbar. Crowbar was another one because Cro- that's what it takes for me to open my wallet because <laughs> I don't like to spend money yeah. <laughs> very much. Uh, and we can go into that as that might be a, a different podcast. But uh, so those are a couple other nicknames. Well, we can't leave out the one that's risen as a result of our handicapped committees, <laughs> the sheriff. Well, yeah, we'll get to the sheriff. That has a big element of this club leadership discussion. But yes, the sheriff, the watchman, crowbar, showtime, Captain Bilkey, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here this morning. Uh, captain McCartney, our, our two-year, first-ever club captain of Chicago, fresh off of our winter formal last night where he handed the reins off to our second Chicago club captain, Brian Ekstrom, last night. Uh, we, we were enjoying the evening last night. Are we a little worse for the wear this morning, Tom? How are we feeling? Yeah, we're playing hurt this morning, man. We're definitely playing hurt. But, you know, in, in given the... Third individual is not here. I wanted to make sure he was represented. Wow. With a little bit of a presence. Uh oh. Just because it's become it's come home, even though you know, our, our our captain in Atlanta can't be here. We just want to make sure that we're thinking. So those on audio only, what Tom, our captain of Chicago, is doing right now is pulling the annual Founders Cup onto his desk. Uh, The Founders Cup pits our national and Atlanta members against Chicago. Uh, We've lost the last three years. I say we because I'm sitting in Chicago right now. I feel like a Chicagoan once again. But I'm actually part of the other side. I'm part of the national team now and our Atlanta guys. But uh, it was a heroic feat at Big Cedar Lodge. Uh, we've talked about it on this show. The Chicago team uh, just fought their butts off and played magnificent golf from start to finish and had a very decisive victory, uh, sweeping the four ball matches on, sun, on on Saturday. Almost sweeping the singles matches, or did you guys sweep the singles matches? Nine to one. Nine to <laughs> one in singles matches. I mean, it was uh, it was inspired golf, and that cup, is living in Chicago for the next 365. So, uh, yeah, congrats, Captain. No. Well, it was, a, it was a great gathering last night with our local chapter members. To recap the season, uh, our, our uh, fellow member, David Posey, and his wife, Anna, were kind enough to host us at their restaurant. And just the opportunity, and maybe I'm jumping ahead, but to honor those who competed – and came out victorious in, in the various events over the course of the year. It was uh, 
it's quite the celebration and and yeah, a little worse for the wear this morning, but it's great to be here. Thank you. You know, I probably should yeah. jump in and defend my my buddy uh Scott Ford here, you know, but given his per- just how often he likes to flex his trophies, I appreciate that, Thomas, what you're doing there. And I feel like he didn't show up. I think he knew this was coming. That's why he's not here, right? Like he can give it, but he can't take it. I mean, a typical Tennessee fan. That's just <laughs> I gotta throw my shots right now. Well, we're playing them this weekend, so I should have probably weighed in on that, but uh no. <laughs> Congrats. You know, I wasn't there to help out the team. We'll see how this rolls. I mean, you might have to edit that before we uh, hear this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, I'm real excited about today. You know, I'll, I'll act like an outsider here. You know, obviously, I'm invested in a new club and been, you know, there from the start with Matt and Mark. And a lot of them, I'm going to act a little bit as an outsider in the sense of, you know, I don't make the decisions as a Cubs and captain. See, and, you know, from the outside, in the sense of watching Matt and Mark put things together. One thing that's always most impressed me about everything, uh, and I hope that we touch on throughout this conversation today with all, all five of us, is a, a sense of duty. Th- that, that being a critical aspect to how we live life. Um, and I think that that resonates then through you know clubs and any societies that get built. So I want to start us off um, with, with Matt and Mark just starting, why captains? No, when you came in and you, you know, you did, uh, created new golf, new club golf society, ran it for a few years and all of a sudden said, okay, we need to do captains. Why? Why do that? We actually, uh, in, in Mark and I's maybe first meeting, it was a Starbucks on North Avenue, uh, North and Wells, um, right around the corner from my, my old apartment. And, uh, we, even in that first iteration, like I had had uh, all this this groundwork laid of what it's going to look like, website very ugly built and and things of that nature. But you know, it didn't really catch steam until Mark uh, sat down with me and started having the discussion. And I think when you have a discussion and you put things on paper, you know th- that that is the thinking. It, it's it's putting something into the world so it can be chewed up and spit out and tossed around and and thought of, but. Um, I bring up that initial uh, meeting of of Mark and I to kind of put the the basis and the foundation of New Club together. Captains was was a part of that original conversation, and and everything we've we've started comes from an inspired place, and that inspired sp- place is Scotland and Ireland, and it's the clubs and the golf societies that I witnessed when I was a twenty year old kid, and I couldn't shake. I could never shake the way that they operate over there, the way that people engage, the way that more people are represented in the community, the culture, uh, golf was, was a part of them and the rhythms of the game were a part of every single club. And so it's like, okay, that's the, the basis. Cause we've strayed from that in the U S right. I think we talk about that on this call quite a bit, that there are distinct differences of clubs overseas versus clubs here in the U S. And we uh, part of our mission is to, to reset that, to try to, to make it a little bit more like the the roots of the game, you know, kind of return us a little bit more to where where the foundational elements, the, the the roots of the game, and so part of that was captains. Captains have always been a part of clubs over there, and and you know we talked about it, always having captains from the get go. Now we didn't until two years ago when when Captain McCartney was uh, tasked to be to be our first club captain for Chicago. But uh, part of the reason on the weight, I'll just get that out of the way, was 
we we would have felt bad doing it to somebody out of the get-go. We didn't have an effing clue where this was going. There was so much unproven uh, theses and and things of, well, the private clubs have us. Will you know, there be a public golf component? <laughs> Are we doing trips? Are we not? And and not that there weren't members a part of those conversations. Uh, T Mac here was was a big part of that, but. Uh, it just felt like when you put somebody into a position of leadership and you put somebody into that representative, you better have some of this stuff figured out because if you don't, they could totally be signing up for, uh, uh, to be vanquished, <laughs> you know, to, to be the, the, the throat to choke if things don't fit, go well. So I, I always felt this obligation to our captains of like, I can't let them fail. I can't, you know, we, we started this thing where the, the Mark and I are the founders of this thing, but, we have to get this club to a point where uh, when a captain steps in, there's at least some of these answers. We're not going to have all of them, but we're going to have some of them. And then they're going to be, uh, there's going to be a basis for them to have the discussion about all the other decisions that we need to, to dive into, whether it be format or where we're playing or, uh, things in the mobile app or, uh, uh membership vetting and membership applications, things of that nature. Right. So we, we got all that into place and, but Mark, to his credit, asked me, what, every month, Mark, when are we starting the captain's program? <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. Yeah, for a number of years, when are we going to start this? Because we knew that we needed it. You know, and, and to add on to what Matt said, I mean, I'll, I'll take it from a, a slightly different approach from sort of like a building a company standpoint is I'll always say that New Club is unique in that when we, when, when we started this business, the start of this club, we always knew that our relationship between our so-called members and customers are is much different than if we were building an app that just buy you know where, where our customers just buy things. We don't have that type of relationship with our members. We have a more we have a much deeper relationship with our members. It's more collaborative. It's more about being building something together rather than just going to find customers that are going to buy the thing. Right. So basically what we have instead is we have this deep relationship with folks that we enjoy this game. We enjoy this thing that we're building all together. We're a part of it. Last night we talked about how not only are we founders of this, but we're also members of this thing. We're also players. We're also competitors. We, we compete and we participate just like regular members do. And it, it, it's just, that's, that's a very unique thing uh, when, when you're building a, a company like, like we're building and um, the captain's, are so critical to this because we really couldn't do it without that, without this, without their feedback, without their, without their experiences and knowledge and, um, and how, and conversations they're having with other members. And, and just because of that, it's just become such a critical and successful, um, thing that we've done. Um, and, uh, we say it so often that we're so grateful for the, the time that our captains are providing for us and giving to us because, they're, they're doing it because they want to, you, you, you all are doing it because you, you love what we're doing and, and, and you feel a part of it. And that's something meaningful. And, um, I, it's, it's just one of those things that, uh, we knew from the get go, as, as you met, you said that, that we needed. And, um, the fact that we're here now, the fact that we're changing the guards, uh, both in Chicago and Atlanta, it's, uh, it's very special. And, and the words that have been spoken last night, both by Tom and our incoming captain, um, in Chicago, Brian and our incoming captain, now captain in Atlanta, Morgan, it, it, you, you can tell what it means and, uh, it's special. 
So we fast forward and through Mark bugging you month after month, when are we doing this? When are we doing this? And all of a sudden you said, okay, it's time. So you two put your heads together. We're going to launch captains, choose our first, you know, first ones. What was that conversation like? Were you, did you have an explicit goal for the captains at that time? Or was it, let's just get someone in place and let it fold out? How'd you go by choosing Thomas? I mean, obviously Thomas is the greatest ever and Joshua as well, but uh, there had to be a choice made before, you know, because there's plenty of great people within New Club. There was. And uh, I think that the three years before we had a prior, uh, our captain, um, we were to do, I was doing research. I was looking back at those clubs and obviously I was fortunate to become a member of the new golf club of St. Andrews. And I've met literally dozens of past club captains of that club where we get our name, the new club. And the one thing that I realized very quickly was culturally here we have club presidents. Club presidents are typically people of power, people that are uh, usually respected outside of golf um, and, and usually industry and, and usually wealth and, and prestige. And, uh, and, and then it becomes more of a figurehead position or more of like a, a, a order. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of sending orders down to people that actually execute on the thing. And I knew, I knew that Mark and I, as the officers of the new club, as the managers, like we had to do the executing, like that would always be the case. So one, number one, it's gotta be somebody that's, that's willing to work with us as we go do the doing. Right. Um, but number two, and back to Scotland and, and those clubs, it's really a really, really respected position from a standpoint of the golf of people nominate captains and expect captains that are just not figureheads, but like active in the club, like, like really, uh, passionate about the club, that care caretakers of the club. And, and they're not that they're, um, you know, putting together T sheets and that they're doing the, the, those elements of it. But sometimes over, over there, they are like, they're, they're organizing, they're big on the organization and getting people out to play and, and being at the dinners. And, and I just love that spirit of like, man, they're just, active right and uh and and so um over those those years that we didn't have a captain i think one thing that developed particularly in chicago is that people got to know the people that play the people that participate in our fixtures the people that go and when we opened up hey we're nominating captains it became very clear and and tom will probably bring you in at this point because uh i know what you're going to say but the reality is Tom here got more nominations far and beyond anybody else. And what that said was he has spent that time playing and getting to know people and earning respect. And I think that's it. It's like it's an earned respect that this position needed to uh, have built into it. And and yes, there is a ratification process. Mark and I put out the, the guidelines. Let's just say there was somebody that gets nominated to be our club captain, but Mark and I on the back end maybe know that this guy's leaving the club in a year because he's moving to Singapore and doesn't want, you know, want to be a part of a new club at that point. We, we had to protect against that. So there is a ratification of the club officers, but uh, we've never had to go outside of our nominations, thankfully, because our, our membership knows who to entrust with this. And and they entrusted Tom to be our first. Yeah, so let's bring Tom and, and Joshua in. So you get asked to be captain. What goes what goes through your head? What's your initial response? 
I don't want to. I don't want to deal with all these people because because adults are still children, and uh, I don't want to have to deal with the handicap appeals and all that. No. What What's your initial response? I, I, I think Matt will be able to tell me if I'm wrong, but I think my immediate answer was to be honored. Um, how can I help? You know that that was my response because um, you know just for a short backstory, Kevin. Uh, I returned to Chicago in February of 2020 uh, the, after seven years abroad. And the group that I'd run with was either left town or moved to the suburbs to start families. And I needed to, I had a golf fix that it needed to be taken care of. And, and New Club became that outlet during COVID. When everything else was closed, um, it became a special place for me to get out of the house and and, and to see people in person and, and, and have those um, personal interactions that I think a lot of us were um, missing out on during that period. And so, you know, you fast forward it uh, a couple of years, having had an opportunity to take part in a number of the fixtures, um, involvement with, you know, the local events, um, just getting out for a 6 a.m. at Mount Prospect. Uh, I don't think I've met a person within the Chicago chapter that I would go play another round of golf with this moment. And, you know, so when, when, when the question was asked, the, the response was easy. Yes. How can I help? And, and to their credit, it wasn't just a lot of loose uh, framework. Matt and Mark had thought this through. They actually handed me, a document that I had to sign. I'm not going to get into the details of that, but it, it, it outlined obligations and expectations. And, and I think that helped structure the, the framework of what the captaincy should be. Um, and I guess I had some initial uh, suggestions on how I felt that framework needed to be in, 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 in part of the partnership as well. Um, you know, the things that I felt, the captain should be involved with and the things the captain shouldn't be involved with. And, and I think we very quickly came to an agreement on, on, on that and moved it forward. And, and then before I go too far down the path, I think what really has made the last, you know, year and a half, two years successful is the six vice captains who stepped to the plate and agreed to come along on this journey and, and, and really bring their um, your creativity and, and, and um, energy for the society. And, and you can just see it in, in, in what we had on the table last night in terms of all of the events that have taken place in, in 2023 that, that didn't take place in 22 because we didn't know about them. And, 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 and just the growth of what we're doing here in the Chicago chapter as a result of, of the captain and vice captains um, uh, I think that's hopefully the outcome that Matt and Mark were, were seeking when they set this out. Josh, let's bring you in here because you're a shorter tenure of being a, a club captain, but uh, same same thing applies to what happened with our national members and that you were – in that window of joining a new club and you were active both with our staff, uh, with, with feedback and talking through things in a very respectful way, by the way. And, and then also, um, building this reputation amongst national members from 
your time uh, at our fixtures, which for a national, I, I think that's, let's face it, you, you have a much tougher challenge stepping in as our first national club captain because there's no concentration of people in the same place. Not everybody's working and living, you know, and, and it, was, it was much harder to kind of formulate. Uh, it, the same principles applied, I think, to when we formulated your captaincy of being our first national club captain. But uh, tell us about kind of your, when we got the nomination forms, you, you obviously were, you were well above everybody else. And so we kind of just like, oh my gosh, yeah, like this one is, is a no brainer. But what was it like for you to, to get that um, request to be our first uh. national Club cap. Like Tom, it was my honor. You know, I was honored. But and, and this all came from you guys knowing, you know, after you had set up, you had gotten Chicago was up and running and Atlanta was established. And now you knew that since all members are equal, that the national people needed someone too. And it's credit to you guys to make it all fair. You're fair. Every member is the same in equality and that to set up a captaincy for those people that's thanks to you guys for doing that to show that everyone's on equal footing. Um, so, and, and you and we were talking, I guess, last fall uh, and summer about what we can do. And we were ambassadors at that point and not even the national, um, what we can do to make everything equal and even. And, and then all of a sudden you guys came up with the, you know, we'd like you to be the national captain. And I was you know, floored and honored and that's how it should be. I've always thought that captaincies were, an amazing part of the old traditions that, and that you guys would keep doing it was then that I could be part of that and help you guys doing what you're doing was, you know, just, I was over the moon. So, and, and it's been a great year to do this with you guys too. And like you said, we are in a different spot, the national teams with the distance and, and you think about the other clubs in the old, in, in back in the UK and, and, they're all together with their captains and see them every day and they're playing together. And the national members have a harder time with that and with the distance. And what we can do is make sure we get to fixtures when we can be online, be available to each other, reach out to the areas. If you're going to travel and just say, I'm going to be here in town, who's around, who's available. And, and, it's hard to do, but we're going to keep pushing and keep trying to do that so that us national members get to know each other better, get to know everyone better, and still feel connected. Yeah, I, I, my comments last night are a winner formal, Josh. You weren't there, but it, it, it centered around – I was reflecting on all the votes that we've uh, formally and informally made uh, with all the captains over the last two years. And I was like, man, I wonder what like the first decision was. Like, like this is it. It's, we're in probably the hundreds of of little things that we everyone had to weigh in on for us to keep moving forward, to keep iterating, to um, always be new. As as Tom, I hope shares with us in, in his sentiments. But Josh, one thing that I reflected on, I think it was like the earliest vote of of 2023 was um, uh, the idea of honor members. We had this term honor that was added to it. We, we, we were enamored with it. Uh, you know, it's in the roots of our game. You look at like the early articles of uh, incorporation of the honorable company of Edinburgh golfers. It's all over the document, the word honor. And, and I started to think about, well, what does it, the word honor really mean? It's, it's a noun, but it's also a verb and, and honoring each other. 
you're seeing value in another person. And, and that was really profound for, for Mark and I when we talked through this. And so early on, our local members were called honor members and our national members were called ambassador members, right? And that kind of grew out of professor being, <laughs> this is all pretty full circle actually, to give a short history of ambassador. Kevin Moore applied to be a member and he, and he lives in Georgia and he's a dear friend. And I'm like, hey, Kevin, we don't have any golf in Georgia. Like, uh, we're, we're, we're open a new club in Chicago. Like, I, I, what, what are you expecting here? He's like, oh, whatever. I'm looking to join, man. Like, I'll be an ambassador. And, I'm, and from that point on, we're like, okay, all right, you're the chief ambassador. And then we got a second one to apply. And we're like, all right, well, maybe there's a second ambassador. So that, that term, it was, it was very uh, uh, innocent in that it ended up segregating our membership by no intention, right? But right there in the word. One's an honor member and one's an ambassador, not even a member. And that was a bad start. And so I'm reflecting on, again, this early part of the year and all these conversations that we had with, our, our, with you, with you, Tom, with you, Showtime, with all the vice captains. And, and one big decision was, hey, what do you guys think we need to talk, call ambassadors? And I don't know, we, we should probably give the right person credit here. I have no idea who said it, but somebody raised their head and like, why don't we call them the same thing of all of our members? And that was like, everybody, do you remember that moment guys where everybody just like nodded, like, oh my gosh. So the word honor, honor members, because we value, we see value in someone else. We value our relationship with somebody else. That word was applied to everybody. So now it's Chicago honor members, Atlanta honor members and national honor members and even international honor members. Shout out Scotland. We got a number of them now over there. And that was such a profound start to your national member uh, uh, captaincy, Josh. It just, it really, it, it sticks with me. And I think I'll always remember the day that we decided that. And, and it, it, uh, it, last night people were, were really that, that term was sticking with everybody. I want to ask about vice captains. Tom, you brought it up. Josh, I'll st we'll start with you, and then we'll get to uh, to Captain McCartney. But how did you decide on your vice captains? You had a tougher challenge because you got people all over the country. You know, probably like at 120 national members when you join, and uh, you don't know everybody. You can't even see everybody. So, like, how did you go about that? Because these guys, and for those that are listening, are like, okay, how does it work? Uh, what we decided was they get to a point and ratify their. Uh, their vice captain. So they get to pick six. So we have seven helps with voting. If you know, you don't have an even vote, uh, it's, it's seven and then nine plus Mark and I. So Josh, how'd you end we, up? I, well, I was joined with all of you guys as well, because I don't know everyone like you do or the members. And we also wanted to make sure that we are reading representation from all over the nation. And, uh, you know, I don't know if we have any international ones at this point. Um, but it was, uh, Looking geographically and making sure we had some good nominee, good people that we knew. Um, well, they're all good people, but people that we could all work together and who we knew were going to attend meetings and be able to give their opinions and thoughts straightforwardly and not uh, not hold back and just let us know what what they need. Um, and that's kind of where we came up with the list: is to here's a bunch of names and we think we'd get this person here. We get this person here. And I think we sent out 10 or 12 invites and got half of it. You know, half of them came back with yes right away. And that's where we stood with those guys. We're like, that's it. That's great. And, um, 
so yeah, it was a it was a going through the whole list and looking across the geographic and making sure we had people representing each area. T Mac, how'd you how'd you go about your vice captains? You know, I have to start with the fact that I was blessed with such a strong depth of membership here in Chicago. The quality of the individuals who already been part of the society that you'd vetted as part of the membership process made it a lot easier to try and figure out who to bring to the table as part of the, the vice captain program. And, and, you know, it was trying to think of people who had different areas that they could contribute. So we've, we've got people who work in the golf industry, the food and beverage industry. Uh, we've got people who, who, who work in marketing and sales. Uh, but lots of, but, it was really the wanting to have a diverse set of, of characters to make it enjoyable to keep coming back together. And, and surprisingly, um, you know, the first six that we picked up the phone and asked all said yes. So it wasn't like, I mean, we could have, we could have picked from 50 people. Um, but, but those six who, who all stepped to the table, um, have all contributed in their own way, whether it be uh, the concept of, of, of the uh, the captain's matches, the uh, activities at Canal Shores in the winter with the lumberjacks and the artisans, um, and everything in between. And and that's that's what I think has been uh, you know the fun part, it, it, the engagement um, and the willingness of that group to to chime in and, and put their thoughts forward has has made it. Um, it's made it worthwhile to get together and talk about what we want to, how we want to put our thumbprint down on the future development of, of, of the local chapter. Mark, I'm, I'm curious what has surprised you of the captain's program. I know that you and I uh, really had some expectations for it. Right. And, and we tried to make those clear as Tom's both these guys signed a document to do it. But I'm curious from your perspective, like what has emerged from this for new club for membership that you, you weren't expecting, you know, when it got started. I, you know, I, I think that we had high hopes of what this would, what this would come to. I think, um, I don't know if it's a surprising thing. I'm just more grateful that it happened as naturally and as quickly as it possibly could in our reality is that the way that the captains all embraced this role so quickly saw the importance of their roles, saw the importance of new club in our golf ecosystem and why we're doing what we're doing overall. And that happened so fast. And in such a deep and meaningful way that, um, again, I, I don't know if I'd call it surprising. We just had, we had hopes that it would happen. And I, I suppose if we were going to talk about how long it would take for our captains to really fall into this, we'd probably say, you know, maybe the first captain would be get into it in the first couple of years. And, you know, after four or five, six years, they, it would really sink in, but it was immediate for everyone. And, um, that's I, I suppose that that would probably be the the thing that I, I would look at and be like, wow, I'm so glad that happened, and I'm I'm, I'm grateful that it happened so quickly. One thing that uh, I 
I, these guys did such a good job of finding vice captains with uh, different geographies, different occupations, different interests, um, uh, different, you know, we had private club golfers, we had public golfers, we had, um, and, and I always thought that was going to be so key because people have different self-interests. Golf is a very self-interested game in a lot of ways, and it's not all bad, but sometimes it can be. And so it's like, okay, how do we get to a collective interest? How do we get to community interest? How do we get to the broader membership? The one thing that surprised me the most is like how often somebody would vocalize an opinion or we were discussing a topic and they would come at it from the perspective of somebody else. So they're like, well, I was talking to so-and-so and, and you know, this is, I think, what they would like to prefer. And it, almost to a default, almost to a fault, actually. Because so, sometimes, you know, you know how it goes with feedback. Sometimes you just got to say, yes, but will you sign up for this tomorrow? You know, like, <laughs> I understand that, that so-and-so told you that this, but you personally, is this a good thing for you? Are you going to put down $500 to do this event? You know, like that, that type of, I, I had to learn that lesson, I think, in some of my, my questioning of, of making, helping us make these decisions. But that, that also is just a testament to the program of captains and like these people that they took that very seriously. To, like you said, Mark, that this, this, uh, uh, I am, I am representing a group of people. And, and I need to make sure that these decisions and these outcomes are not just my self-interest, but are uh, a club interest, a community interest. I, that, that inspired the hell out of me. It still does. Every, every Wednesday night, every uh, other Wednesday night when we get on these calls, that attitude that comes from them is so shocking and, and beautiful. And it reminds me to not be so self-interested in my own life, right? It reminds me to say, hey, do do some things for other people and do the right thing for them. And you're going to feel good about that. And our captains do feel good about that. You, you hit the nail right there, Matt. It, it, I think every one of us in Chicago realized that, that it's an honor, but it's a responsibility to represent the membership. And we have the opportunity through various conversations and back channels with our, our, our friends and colleagues either golf or through text threads to get maybe some more candid feedback than the post round wrap ups might've been coming through. And, and, and I think every one of the vice captains that I'm in Chicago that I'm especially proud of is they all took it from the perspective of, of working with management to represent the interests of the, of the membership. And, and, and that's, Hopefully, the way that the the captain's program continues to develop is is it's not about the self interest; it's about what's best for the chapter and the overall society. And, and one other thing that I add too is, it's a constant path and journey of trying to improve what we're doing. And I think that we have to never lose sight of that. In, in that, yes, we're we're lauding how the captains are doing now, and and how we've come so far from two, three years ago, but we have so much more to go. We have so much work to really do and, and things to figure out. And um, that, that I think also is a, a guiding light for myself of just making sure that we're always trying to get to the next level, trying to improve what we're doing and it's never going to stop. You know, what, one thing that was not by design that I think was also a benefit is clearly the inspiration from Scotland and the clubs of Ireland and my experience over there have uh, got us started, right? It was like a, a spark. But 
I notice in general of the membership that have made trips themselves over there and have seen some of these places that we talk about and have seen some of these clubs and have met some of the club cabins, club members, it's internalized a little quicker, right? Of like, ah, that's what we're doing here. Like, oh man, we're, we're close. We're not all the way there to Mark's point. Like we're, we're not all the way there. It has to keep improving. But, uh, our captains have all had that experience and that was not by design. We, we could have cared less. We just wanted people that are well-respected. Uh, but all those Scott, Josh, Tom, they've all been overseas. They've all seen what we, what we've seen. And they, they kind of, um, have that same inspiration in a lot of ways. And Tom, I was wondering if you could just share, like you were the only club captain that made it on our first ever pilgrimage, which the intention of the pilgrimage is to get people back to the roots of the game, to, to experience that and to hopefully bring 10% of what makes that special, bring it home to local chapters, to, to the membership. You were there. And so to tell us a little bit about that experience and how it, uh, how it impacted your, your captaincy. I, I can't recommend enough that someone invest the time and effort to go on a trip like that. The pilgrimage was fantastic in terms of just the immersive experience in St. Andrews, but it was also the camaraderie of going over with the group of like-minded individuals and having a piece of competition as part of it at the same time. I'd played the old course before as a single. I was fortunate enough to play it back in 2012. Uh, it was an amazing experience and an amazing day with uh, with three other uh, gentlemen who allowed me to join their foursome. Uh, but they're people that I didn't know, and I haven't had a chance to wax you know on about how that round went after the fact because they live in London and we haven't stayed in touch over the last 11 years. This group that we went over with. I think we, we came out of the box and bonded uh, almost immediately. The first night, everyone agreed at dinner that we would sit in the queue at, at the old course and, and stay up all night to try and have the opportunity to get out on on, on the course. And, and then um, realizing that the other seven individuals hadn't played, I, I just decided it was important that troops eat first. And so I <clears throat> went to the back of the line and when when john barnes was the last one of our group to get in at uh you know selected to play at he was 8 50 that morning the the pressure of that week was completely gone because everyone was going to have played the old course now there were everyone had an opportunity to play it at least twice a certain individual in the group played it three times shin powers um uh, but it was it's more than just the ticking of the box it's that experience of the of 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 being in the community walking down you know walking out the 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 door of your flat to the golf course is like you're going to work um the the sunday strolls of the old course being closed and 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 people walking their dogs and having picnics on 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 the 18th um what I think was really special though as part of our trip was was the uh, collaboration with the new club golf society of st andrews and their their willingness to um you know, host us for the week having access to their facilities and and, and, and being able to like, embrace that history that they've collected over the 121 years of their their society um and even the decades that go before it that 
were enveloped in with the Morse family, but the captains that were kind enough to host us, uh, Graham Dalton, uh, Ronnie Denny, and soon to be Mr. White, um, they did lay out, you know, a, a better perspective of what their responsibilities are uh, as captains of a of, of you know a society that has over you know what thirteen fourteen hundred members. Uh, it, it's definitely more of an active social role than what we have in Chicago, but it's the core principles of of, of, of inclusion. And and what I touched on just briefly last night, and then we'll turn it over. Um, their their motto is "Semper Nova," uh, you know, always new, and 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 that is something that really you know hits home when you when you break it down because you know uh, I think it's important for us as a golf society to always be new. You know, we're going to have turnover. We're going to have things change. The, we might have another pandemic. We might not, um, you know, we could, we could go into a, 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 a series of places where there's even more opportunities because people are falling out of the private golf uh, uh, club relationship where, where we're going to be able to get access to even more facilities or not, but every day is new. And, and, and you take that, that separate over and put it together with Carpe Diem. And, and if you seize every day and you realize that every day is a new start, you got another swing at the ball, uh, part of our match play. When you're playing stroke, you can go down a hole and, and feel like your day's over. But in match play, you got a new hole, start over. And and it's a long, rambling way of saying um, always new. If it, it, it brings such an upbeat, positive viewpoint um, that if you just realize you can't do anything about what's already happened, but you can influence what happens in front of you, embrace it. Decide what you want that to be is your choice of how you're going to move forward. And, and I think as a club, we've picked Brian Ekstrom as a wonderful individual to be the next new captain of the Chicago chapter. Yeah, that, that can't be better. Well said. It combines the, the Mark's thought of the, the improve, always improvement with always new. I, I mean, that, and to, for those that weren't there last night, um, it was powerful moment when they did this transition professor, like Tom hands the reins. We don't have a manifestation of the reins yet. Uh, we were talking about that last night. Like, is it a pin? Is it a different tie? Is it a, is it a chain link metal that <laughs> looks like you're going into battle as a new captain, uh, and each captain contributes something. We're always a year behind. I've noticed in our perennial stuff like that. So our next captain will get that. Maybe for your transition, uh, Captain Showtime, we'll we'll find something like that. But uh, the 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 transition as that Brian's looking at Tom, who's talking about always being new and always never satisfying. Just you know, another swing of the golf ball, as he said. And and <laughs> Brian's kind of looking at him like confused. He's like, "Did you read my my notes?" Because Brian steps in for his toast. And everybody, you know, gives a wonderful cheers to Tom and uh, Standing O. But then Brian had just the continuation of that exact same thought. Like these guys had been in lockstep, and they're and they, in a way, they 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 are because Brian was a vice captain for two years under Tom. He's one of those people that got the call. Um, Brian was our earliest Palmer Award winner, you know, which is an award called our Sportsmanship Award. It's, it recognizes 
It's actually named after his son because his son was born a couple of days earlier before he won, won that first award in 2018. And it, it was just this beautiful continuity of ideas. And, uh, and we made a great transition. And the same thing occurred in Atlanta. I know Scott's not here to speak to it, but Scott Ford handing the reins to Morgan Campbell and and there was just this, this beautiful continuity of of representation and and of of that's innovate that's not settle that's keep thinking what is going to be the best thing right now for members of new club and uh, really cool to see to see playing out in real time. Yeah, Tom and Joshua, I want to follow up on that and ask you know, Tom, you just passed the range and and Joshua, that'll happen eventually. Within the new the new club golf society, what is the most important attribute of a captain? Like what you know, reflecting on your experiences thus far. It's hard. Oh. <laughs> it's a great question, Kevin. I guess the the um, it's probably better asked of the membership than it is of myself. But I think for me, it was important to. Um, it, it was important that Matt and Mark knew that I had their back and that when they were making decisions and there were some tough ones when we first implemented the program, that, that they had the support of, of their captain and, and, and that would be communicated into the membership. Um, I think vice going with that is also um, I think it's important that it's a two-way dialogue that, that not only do they have the support of their captain, but they have the ear of their captain that they're willing to listen to the to the feedback that the membership is 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 providing and um and i i think you couldn't there's a there's a lot of when, when you've got a society of 500 individuals everyone's going to have their own opinion so somehow you have to formulate that and and and, and figure out what's going to be ultimately the best for the the most and that's sometimes going to um, leave an individual out here or there. But I think if you stay steadfast in, in the long-term vision that's been outlined and, and, and formulated, um, that's the part that made it easy for me to buy in early, even before we were talking captaincy. It's just the vision that, that, that as I would pick Mark and Matt's brains in the first few events I went to, I'm like, why? I mean, this, this just makes sense. Why doesn't more people do this? And, and that's where it was, it it was important. Like I said, for me to make sure that they knew that um, I was supportive of the uh, of the concept, the philosophy, and then that we and to add on, and like you're so. going the same route that I was thinking, Tom. In that, I've always been just the huge support of what Matt and Mark are doing, and that they would trust me to be the captain to help them do what they're doing. And just that's the biggest thing that I took from it was that I get to help these guys do something I believe in and that they created and believed in from that. And so this is, this is just me doing my part, even though I pay into the system, I get to help and it's awesome. So um, I love doing that. Um, I guess that was what I was going to say. Yeah. The, the, that's real nice. It, like I hear like a responsibility, both to vision and member in the membership is what I heard in those two responses. And I think that's, more, I think, 
any clubs that are listening should should heed that advice, right? Like I think that's what I've always been most impressed with uh, Matt and Mark from the beginning of having this vision and knowing it would be a hard fight to accomplish that vision, but the vision wasn't going to waver because it's hard. It's going to stick and we're going to keep that as our goal. And then what I hear you two saying in terms of just the responsibility to the membership to hold to that vision and realize that'll lead lead to some difficult choices, but bringing the membership, keeping them involved, right? And being sensitive, well, what is the best for the membership that's with respect to accomplishing that vision that's that we've set forth? Um, there's, that's, that's inspiring, honestly. I, I, my, my head goes a little bit to hearing those comments and thank you guys both as captains for that support the last two years, Tom, one year, Josh, and my head goes to, uh, I brought up Michael Kaiser on this show more than one time, right? Professor, like I, he, he's, it's no mystery that he's a hero of mine. Uh, he brought Lynx golf to the United States, not just Lynx golf courses, but he brought, uh, a Lynx golf culture, uh, a bit that, that accessibility and excellence aren't mutually exclusive, that they can be world-class golf courses and open to, to all. And, um, I just love, I've, I've been able honored to meet him, our Chicago club championships at the dunes club. I was able to play with one club with him for a few holes, which is like one of the highlights of my life. And, and, and I've read every one of his books. And one thing that I, I know as we talk about this, uh, from a club leadership standpoint, that there are pitfalls in, especially in American golf and in our culture around, uh, committees. And, and uh, death by committee is the term that he uses in one of his books. And uh, I, it's not in his books, but I've heard him say it and I've heard other people quote him saying it is that, uh, yeah, we can have committees, but it's got to be an odd number because it needs to be approved and it can't be more than two. So what do you mean? You know, that's a drastic way of saying there's a benevolent dictatorship in, in some of what he does. But here's the thing of every one of his books, and, and we've had on the show a couple of his dear friends and advisors, is that there was this like fierce curiosity of what tr people truly think and feel. And, he, and he, he was able to always, when he was building Band and Dunes or uh, any of his other projects that, or his, his company, American Greetings, that he would let ego aside and, and be able to take criticism, be able to take uh, real candid feedback for the betterment of the vision, for the betterment of the, the golfer. And, uh, and that's not easily done. And, and I think we call everything a council because truly it is council. It is, man, we got to make a hard decision here. And I, Mark and I need help. And so we need your counsel, Tom. We need your counsel showtime. Like, give us the, the, the low down, gritty, dirty on this. What do people hate about it? What do people love about it? What, what is going to move us forward? Because at the end of the day, I think that's the reality is, it, let's face it, we're not curing cancer here. We're not building uh, a spaceships to take us to Mars. We're talking about golf and we're talking about a golf club, but there are still problems in building anything, right? It, anything. And to sort through those problems, you have to have that discussion taking place. So this was the framework to do it. And, and uh, that council, it, at the end of the day, a decision needs to be made. And because there's so many financial implications and all these other things like, we just had to, to do it. And um, luckily, I think we've done the mass majority of everything with 
majority uh, approval of our captains. And it, the other thing about the size, and this is, I think, Professor, you've done a lot of research on education and, and the size of classes and, you know, what's a, a good ratio I've heard, I think I've heard it from you. It's like eight to one, maybe, of, of how many relationships you can really go deep on. And, and I think you look at having seven captains and then Mark and myself in these uh, calls all the time with everybody coming with their own other eight relationships and other things that, that we, we get to good decisions because of that. Because I, prior to that, I have to say this, and I see this at my country club. Uh, I see this at other country clubs. I see it as a giant pitfall. Otherwise, it's just a, a lot of loud voices screaming down a hallway and there's no constructive and the loudest voice wins. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's to say that was the best decision? That, that, that was, that's the pitfall of American golf. I see it is it's uh, the, the loud majority that just isn't doing what's right for the game. They're doing what's right for themselves perhaps. And, and committees, death by committees really scared me. It really scared me in this captain's program. And what I, what I realized and mostly thankful to these captains for their uh, unwavering support is that we have so many obstacles in front of us to be a golf society, to have this be accepted way. I mean, I truly, I've been um, resistant to calling it this word, but I think I, I now have succumbed. It's a movement. It's a movement in American golf and we're at the forefront of it and we're not alone. There's hundreds of others, thousands of others that feel this way. They feel like golf has lost its way a little bit and we got to return to something that resembles a little bit more of what truly matters. The game is too exclusive. The game is too expensive. The game is prohibiting so much enjoyment out of it. We're, we're not being healthy by taking cards. We're not, you know, we're speaking up and saying these things and we talk about these things with our captains. and by starting this program, those three years of getting knocked back by the industry, getting knocked back by the partners, getting knocked back by people that say, this is never going to work. I didn't realize what a toll that takes on Mark and I as the executives, as the officers. Like, And when you add in this layer of captains to not just like say, hey, this is what I think, but to also hear us and to hear what, what it's been like and what we're up against. And man, that is a really good idea. But guys, I talked to these six clubs and here's how they feel about that idea. <laughs> or we're trying to do a cross-country routing, but nobody wants to give up their whole golf course to let us design a golf course because <laughs> we're telling them that the golf course we're going to design is going to be more fun than the one that they're going to design. And, and those, those objections and those quite frankly, like you're just getting punched in the gut and you feel like nobody cares enough to keep pushing forward. The captains care enough and they, they care enough to say, we're here to tell you what we think. We're here to, to listen to what you you're hearing and we're, we're ready to move forward and we're ready to, you know, give this decision ago, try, try this, try that and, and fail and, and be okay with us when we fail. I think that that was the other thing. It's like, we, we made bad decisions before the captain's program. We've made bad decisions since the captain's program. We've probably made less fast, bad decisions though, for sure. Um, but, but those still happen. And then when 
you really see someone's character when something fails that not, never did they turn on it, you know, and say, oh yeah, it's out of, this thing isn't working. No, they said, yeah, that, that, that was probably a mistake, but we were a part of making that mistake and, and we'll, we'll figure it out before next year. Thanks for the feedback everybody. You know, that, that to me is powerful stuff, man. And it's like, we're going to figure this out. We, we're going to solve golf in America. I'm confident because of the people that we have. Um, and then we'll move on to getting to Mars or something with the same crew. But uh, for now, I'm, I'm just happy to be riding with all these people in this game because it, it, it's a collective good. It feels really good to be a part of. Well said, Matt. I bogarted the, the last... Oh, it was our, yeah. I, I, I wanted to ask uh, maybe this question of the captains. What were some of those decisions you think in the last uh, year, Josh, or, or two years, Tom? Like, what, what, do you, what are some of that you reflect on? You're like, oh, this was a big, this was a great improvement. This was a big, cool thing that we did as part of New Club. I'm always impressed and I can't think of something right now that I would, you know, one main thing and it'll come to me later, probably after we end, but that you guys are willing to do what's right rather than what's going to bring in more dollars to keep things going, I think is what's going to keep things churning and the slow build is just going to keep going there because you could easily sell out to go with the dollars and get what people are going to want just to be members of the club so that it's fun in itself but to do what's right is a bigger deal and that's that's what i've been impressed with over this past year is that you've made decisions where it's like it monetarily probably isn't the right thing to do but it's the right thing to do for a society, for a golf society that matches what new club is. And so that's what I take away from the last year is seeing you guys make those decisions, which are risky, but still knowing it's the right thing. On the national side, I got to call it out. Quest for the crown, the improvements we made there. Come on. That, that was you guys deserve a lot of credit for the improvements we've made and the improvements we're going to make for 2024. But, you know, that's, that's the, the first ever uh, location-independent virtual golf competition that's ever been attempted, man. And That was uh, Caldwell. Caldwell yeah. did a lot of that. Not only – it's definitely Caldwell for sure, but uh, it's also become a highly equitable competition. And that is in large part due to our handicapping council, who everyone calls the sheriff. Professor, you've seen it in our Slack. It's it's the sheriff. Uh, Josh has has contributed time and effort to make sure that you know we got no funny business occurring on the handicapping side. When and when you when you really think about that, and I'm going to bring it back to the word honor, integrity, honor, uh, doing what's right, everything you just said. Like that's a competition you can play by yourself. You don't even, you don't even have to, theoretically, you don't even have to play. You can just put in numbers on your phone and, and you've, you've contributed, but that's not what's happening. And I'm, I'm seeing these little examples of the one-off, you know, handicapping violations that we're, we're, we're catching people not posting their gin, but the scores are posting it. And most of them are, are really, uh, just, just common, uh, mistakes, but it, it's also sending the message to everybody that we trust you. That like, like y y we're trusting you to play this game 
by yourself and and have a significant grand prize in it like like that is that's a talk about honoring somebody and seeing value in somebody i just think that's that's a beautiful thing and of course you have to have handicaps and of course you got to make sure they're accurate so Josh, that's a level of service from a national captain that I know Mark and I are. Thank you. Yeah, um, that just came about because I knew you guys had a lot on your plate and I knew questions were going to start coming across once the playoffs happened. And September 2nd, two days into it, I was like, I'm just going to do some double checking of things. And it's not just me. It's me flagging things that are possible situations and we bring it to the committee, which is all of the captains plus one vice captain and Mark, Matt and Mark. So there's eight of us who, who validate what I'm seeing. So it's just me bringing things to the table that are possible issues. One of, one of, our, member, one of our members is a, a member of a top 10 club here in Chicago. And last night they said to me, uh, you know, that sheriff doing that, I'm part of a club that's 120 years old. They would never have the guts to do that. Like how many people have you, you know, <laughs> done that? To? And we're like, we'll do it to anybody. We don't care if you're the president of the United States. We have what's called the buzz cut. If you're a listener of the podcast and, and you don't, you're not a member, you don't know what the buzz cut is, we will change your handicap from new club competition. So if if we feel that there are some inequities in in your your posting or just just not following the the, the very straightforward, you know, gin policies of posting your scores, then, and you're going to be subject to the buds cut and, and it won't be on there forever. You can earn it, you can work it off, but yeah, we, we adjust handicaps. And I think for the one or two people that that irritates, there's a hundred more that are like, thank you. Thank you. Cause I go to every member guest and I see these guys winning these things and it's, it's not right. It's just, they're, they're cheating. You know, it's mm-hmm. call it what it is. And and I think this is it's a beautiful start, Josh. And that's where like the self-selection of new club comes into play, where I know the type of pr- character we attract. Mm-hmm. And it's people that are tired of that stuff elsewhere. And they're saying, you know what? I'm already a member of a club, but these guys stand for what I believe in. And uh, and that's being honest and posting a score and going on to the, the next shot. Every shot's a new one and, and, and moving forward and not making excuses. And that's, I just, it all, it all. And that's exactly, that's exactly the type Tom. of decision I was referring to where it's not popular and no other club's going to do it, but it's right. And props to you guys for going forward with it and owning it. Yeah. 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 Captain McCartney, any, decisions or, or things that came to fruition through the captain's program that you're especially proud of or that, that you think really improved the membership? Well, I, I think for me personally, you pulled back the curtain you know, for uh, the captains and vice captains to see how things work within new club. We, as, as a member of the society, I was, pretty naive to how much was going on behind the scenes. And I just took it for granted that I could show up at T at a point in time. And I'd have three other people that I was going to be playing with, um, you know, or showing up for a fixture and everything was going to run smooth. And having worked at uh, both private and public courses earlier in my life, I know that those things don't just happen like that. And, but the, the tech side that you built out 
has allowed us to go back and do things like the handicap monitoring, which from my perspective, I think it speaks to your comments earlier, Matt, about we're a real club. You know, it, when, when there's conversations to be had with, with other facilities that we're looking to access, new club isn't, it's a real club. It's a USGA sanctioned club without real estate. You know, and, 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 and that not only comes with that accreditation, but it, we talked about it within the captains, brings responsibility that we have to act like a club. We have to set up these committees to monitor our, our, our membership handicaps. We have to make sure that we're doing right by the, by the group and, and, and have some structure in order to continue to have that uh, acknowledgement that we'll help others who might not understand our concept fully uh, believe in it longer. So it's, it's, it's one where I think seeing the evolution of the society and, 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 and the reality of what we're, we're dealing with is, has been, I think the most enjoyable part of the last two years for me. Here, here. Well said gents. Um, Mark, actually uh, let's ask Mark, uh, just any, any captain's, decisions or think things that you reflect on from the, the, these two guys and, and the time spent with the vice captains that you think have been a, a great improvement to, Gosh. to our club. So, I mean, honestly, so many things you look back at the last two years and uh, we, we had inventing things like quest for the crown that the, it's this new type of tournament that's never really existed before. And having the guidance and, and counsel of all the captains of how we can continue to approve these and frankly erase the flat out mistakes that we've made coming up with this thing, uh, this first real team year and going to the next year. Those have been tremendous. Coming up with, uh, you know, looking at decisions on how we uh, approach the next year in terms of, uh, I'm thinking of the national uh, members specifically of how we're going to approach the national club championship and how next year we're going to have a national club championship and how special that's going to be. And just like we we're doing it in Chicago and Atlanta, we're creating these very incredible traditions and national members and national honor members must have the same tradition and the decisions of where to go and how to uh, ensure that we include as many national members as possible, knowing that they're literally in all corners of the country uh, decisions like that um, decisions about, where we go, how much we charge for fixtures, even how much, you know, where, whether we're going to include accommodations and things or, or, or not. And this is just peeling back a little bit of the, uh, uh, of the, of the veil of what we decide and, and what we, what, how we operate as captains and, and how these uh, folks have, been, have guided so many decisions with the club. So honestly, I could go on forever about all the decisions yeah. that we make because they've been just so valuable. Um, but yeah, I, uh, we're, we'll, uh, all I can say is that we're going to continue to face these challenges. We're going to continue to face these decisions as really as a big old team. And uh, um, I, I'm just so confident in, in our abilities to, to continue to improve. And I'll, I'll uh, there's a lot of industry folks that listen to our podcast, which I, I consider to be an honor because I didn't come from the golf industry. I was always an avid golfer, but I know there's people listening that like are, are, coming at this more curiosity from their own club, maybe a more traditional club with real estate, maybe a, a men's league on Thursday nights, maybe a, uh, a simulator, you know, 
list, or maybe it's you're just a, a guy on a buddy's thread and you're trying to figure out how to better you know, have fun with your friends playing the game of golf, which, by the way, you should join New Club. But if you're in any of those buckets, I think I, I hope this this gives some hope to like, you know, or maybe even a structure or maybe in a, even a model. Like I said, like the movement of it is real. I, I think there is this recognition that the game of golf is is beautiful and worthy of our time and our leisure and and investing in it and others. And so I know a lot of people want to just make it better, right? Whether it's the private club, the public muni. And for those people listening, I think there's a lot to be gained in this and just being open to other people's suggestions and ideas. And, um, and it all makes for a better club, a better community at the end of it. So guys, I, I just can't thank you enough for being on the show today. Uh, professor is on to his, uh, defenses, prospective defenses. So he's interviewing, uh, poor grad students in Grona, but, uh, he sends his appreciation as well. And, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, a, a lot achieved. When I asked that question, I was even reflecting myself on all the things that we've done, but so much more. And I'm going to end it with T max comments last night, which is always been new. And we got new captains coming in to take the reins, but, uh, every day we're going to always be new and we're not going to take it for granted. And, and the one thing I have learned from our friends in Scotland at the new golf club of St. Andrews is when you set out to not just be a club or have a annual goals, when you set out to be a hundred year old club, a 200 year club, a 500 year old golf club, and your goal is timelessness, you're going to think about your decisions a lot differently. And I think Mark and I have always talked about that, that we want New Club to be timeless. We want it to be here when we're uh, in the dirt and our you know, kids beyond that, right? It's, it's about uh, something that will benefit golfers for generations and hundreds of years. And I think we, in our captains, have shared that belief and that, that uh, inspiration or that aspiration. And so just uh, thank you guys for being a part of it for playing golf with us and uh and being willing to have the chat here today thank you can't wait for what's next thanks for having us here here all right gents thanks everybody for listening captain ford we're coming for you we'll get you on this thing one day cheers everybody have a great week